Thank you for listening to the Divine Nobodies Podcast with Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe so you never miss a show. If you're on Instagram, please follow us at Divine Nobodies Podcast and join our ever-growing community of lightworkers and spiritual visionaries. Together, we can raise the frequency of our planet and bring in a new era of awakening and inner standing. Welcome to our tribe. And now your hosts, Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. Hello, thank you for tuning in. Divine Nobody's Podcast. How are you doing, Jen? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. You know what? It's summertime. I actually thought about starting to make organite pyramids again. Oh, I want one. Yeah. Everybody's asking for them, but I wanted to bring them back because the temperature outside is really perfect for them. But just the time that we're in, it makes sense to kind of distribute those around. I went to this uh, bookstore in Pasadena called Alexandria too. Have you ever been there? I haven't. No. It's a new age metaphysical bookstore. They have lots of different things like tarot, crystals. That's where I get my crystals for my, my organite pyramids. And I was at the checkout stand. I was getting ready to leave and I, was, I went and looked at the lady and I gave her a little, little eye and I was like, hey, do you guys have any starseed discounts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, she looks at me and she's like, well, what do you mean a starseed discount? And I was like, you know, a little discount for being a starseed, you know, sending from 3D <laughs> to 5D, you know. Something, it's a little something extra. And she's like, no. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. Okay, here's 20 bucks. You can go. And I was just like, you know, three, ascending from 3D to 5D. Love is the currency. Can I just pay with love? And then she kind of gave me this look like, oh, I don't know. No. Are, you, are you talking about the rewards program? I'm like, no, no. Okay, take my money. Take my money. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's so cute. Yeah. Bring this up because our episode today is going to be about star seeds. Something mm-hmm. that me and Jen have talked um numerous times about in the past because me and Jen have gotten various readings throughout our lives of the possibility of us being starseeds. Just mm-hmm. really quick before I start, I was told by a few psychics that I was a hybrid, which is a hybrid of Arcturian and Pleiadian, right? And when I think back I like about my family, my father's very much Arcturian and my mother's very much Pleiadian. And not to say that they themselves are aliens, but you know, you go back hundreds of years through your lineage, it's a possibility, right? Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and actually in my research, it was saying most star seeds have often lived multiple lives on different planets. So it's more uncommon to not be more than one star seed. Yeah. Like a pure star seed and from like a pure Pleiadian is more uncommon than somebody who is a hybrid, which I thought yeah. was interesting. That, that is cool. You know, it's interesting because you run a lot of, run into a lot of people, um, in the New Age community that kind of touch on this. And they do have some really strong beliefs about being a starseed, and that's cool. But you know what? One thing I never hear people talking about is like, hey, I'm a reptilian starseed. Oh, never. Yeah. (laughs) They don't exist. And I thought about myself, like, why is that? Because they're they're considered when you go onto these lists and try and figure out like what star lineage you're from, like the Mm -hmm. the reptilians are always there, but everybody's like, no, no, that's not me. Yeah. That's not me. I wonder why. And I thought about, okay, well, maybe those are the narcissists, you know? They're too Perhaps. busy oppressing people that don't even have the time to really, really think to themselves what sort of star lineage that they're from. You're probably right about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like all those really terrible exes. They're, those are just reptilians. That's how they work. That's what they do. That's what they do do. Snaky bitches. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we're going we're gonna to touch on this subject. It's something that we, we find really, really fun. And some I've read actually a few books. I've read uh, Barbara Messiniak's Bringers of the Dawn, which you know a lot of people are familiar with. And then I've also read uh, We Are... The Arcturians, of course, by Dr. Norma 
Milanovich. That's one of, the, I guess, the most prominent books when it comes to Arcturian starseeds. And you can go online and YouTube and talk, see a bunch of different people talking about their experience as a starseed. So we wanted to just bring it into the pod, see if we can focus some energy on going through the list of different star lineages there are, and um, see if anybody that's listening, if any of this stuff resonates with you. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Well, before we started, I wanted to share a dream that I had. Oh, so- yeah? Yeah, I had an alien dream and it was super, super realistic and kind of funny. So um, I don't I, I don't know who I was with, but I was in like a hotel room type situation and we were watching TV and then I heard a crash outside and went to the window and an alien comes running up to the window and I was like, oh, buddy. And I opened up the window. I was like, get in here, get in, come on in. And he comes in and what? I give him a hug. And, um, well, just a like, willy-nilly give him a hug like your pals? Oh, willy-nilly, like we'd known each other forever. Hold on, hold like, on a second, Jen. What did he look yeah. like? So he was um, like a, a dark blue-green color, and oh, um, he had ones. initially okay. had yellow eyes, and then he changed his eyes to black, and he reshaped his face to have like a more round face rather than a more angular face. And I, I was why. like, hey, why'd you do that to your face? And he was like, oh, I didn't want to scare you. You know, this is more pleasing to you. So I just, you know, changed my face a little. Oh, and yeah. I was like, like, oh. Yeah, I'm more of a black-eyed kind of woman. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> I mean, you're not intimidating at all. So uh, how, how he started talking. He? Um, he was, well, he was probably about my height. So oh, he wasn't okay. any taller than 5'2". He was like- You're kind. Queen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just a, a, a smaller fella. And um, okay. so we're talking and he was speaking uh, in slang, like a lot like a, a like a younger person in their 20s would speak. Like a millennial? Like like a millennial. Yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to call space him out. Space slang. That's space slang. Yeah. And um, so I asked him that. I was like, how old are you? And he said, oh, you know, however many years old thousands of years old. Right. Yeah. And I was like, gosh, you seem so young. And he was like, oh yeah. You know, I just have to pick a, a, a voice to use. And, um, I just pick, pick this guy's voice. He was like, I, I don't know. He was, was like, it like uh, Christopher Walken or something. <laughs> Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was a trip though. So, you know, we're, we're chit chatting and, uh, I'm asking him about his home planet. Like, kind of what goes on there. And he was like, yeah, you know, they're really strict. And, you know, we have like schedules we have to follow and this and that, but it's cool. Like, you know, everything's fine. I was like, so what are you doing here? And he was like, oh, um, I'm assigned to you. So, you know, I'm here to, to help you ascend. It was like, uh, both of you and whoever was in the room with me, I don't know who was there. Um, what an entrance just straight up crashing in front of your house. He's like, Hey, I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, Oh shit. Sorry. And, um, and he came in and he was super interested in the TV and he was like, oh my God, I love the TV. This is, this is so cool. And he just was going on and on about TV shows that he likes. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. When, and, <laughs> and then, and like, then when okay. he wakes up the next morning, he's like, hey, I'm going to need to use um, your Tesla. Is that okay? He's like, hey, uh, can I have your Netflix login? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm on like episode six of Shit's Creek. Like I want to get behind. <laughs> Got to catch up. So yeah, it was cool. He said a lot of stuff, but I don't remember. And then the cat woke me up, so I didn't, uh, I didn't get the rest. Your cat, your Lyran cat. That motherfucker. Yeah. Right. God bless like, him. Don't be talking to those Arcturians. And yeah, that, seriously. That, that old Lyran, the old Lyran Arcturian beef. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, this is my human. <laughs> you know, there might be something to that. Yeah. Because Zeppelin well, does you know, look super, super Lyran. Well, there's a their whole feline race and we'll definitely get into that. But that's a great that's a great dream. And of yeah, course, like cool. there's an underpinning behind that, which is there's uh support from the alien realm. 
Mm-hmm. And for that to happen right before the podcast, I think we had already um, made the intention to do the episode about star seeds prior to that happening. So kind of yeah. sets the pace for what we're doing. I like it. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for stopping by. Take him around. Show him, show him the town, you know? For sure. And he's probably there. And this is the thing we've got to be really, really clear about. And we'll talk about this. Now, when we, take, when we think of star seeds, especially to people that aren't familiar with them, they think of just, you know, real, regular alien civilizations. And that may very well be the case. They might be materialized in the 3D. It'd probably be more uncommon to actually see them. But more the, the story that you hear more often is that they're multidimensional sort of travelers, mm-hmm. which is that they exist in alternate different dimensions, so between three and nine, and probably goes up from there, depending on what type of civilization that they are, you're more than likely to communicate with these aliens through type of mystical experiences or meditation or trance-like states. This is more or less how they communicate to people like Bashar or Abraham Hicks. You know, they come as channeled messages. Mm-hmm. And those books like Bringers of the Dawn or uh, We Are the Arcturians, these are typically channeled messages that are dictated into the human language, and they try their best to try and interpret the message the best that they can. So we're going to get into it. For the, I think for the most part, everybody, if you're human, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be divisive either. Like it, people are like, well, there are star seeds and then they're not. No, if you're an alien, if you're a human being on earth, you're an alien, mm-hmm. whatever way that you want to swing it. Because right. we're in this uh, universe that's more or less eternal and infinite. And uh, we're just as alien as any other alien race. Now, this is about the recognition of previous lives as other alien civilizations. So for the most part, I think everybody's a starseed. And you may gain some recollection throughout your life of what type of alien civilization that you're a part of. And uh, that will sort of slowly unravel. So the theory was introduced, starseed, uh, was introduced by American author Brad Steiger in his 1976 book, God of Aquarius. And he described starseeds as humans who come from a special gene pool linked to visits by extraterrestrials. And starseeds are essentially souls from alternate worlds that have chosen to incarnate on planet Earth. They're ancient souls who possess deep spiritual wisdom and have been dormant before choosing to share their gifts and knowledge with the beings of this planet. Basically, so a lot of us come to Earth with a very specific type of mission. And if you've read those books, that mission is to awaken a large sum of humanity that has fallen asleep uh, through the process of of awakening. Uh, One thing that I did want to stress is that a lot of these alien civilizations have thousands of years of wisdom and technological advancement behind their belt. So they're much farther along in both technology, but also spirituality. Oh, yeah. Right. One thing that you do feel once you start getting more into the spiritual is that the body is very limited. Mm-hmm. And the ego is a perfect example of that. So what happens is when you make the decision to incarnate onto earth, you are trying to fit your eternal self into almost like the tight shoe of your body. So you're mm-hmm. limited to the senses and you lose a lot of that sort of divine sense of self once you decide to enter into a body. And this is where the sort of amnesia takes place. So a lot of people that incarnate into earth develop this sort of amnesia. And this is the reason why you can't remember all of your past lives right away. This is the reason why you can't remember your alien family or your star family and the whole process of uh is earth is to one uh help awaken humanity um with your wisdom and your love but also to awaken and and to do that by uh, awakening yourself and remembering um those sort of traits that you have and that history that you have through your spiritual practice and through love and once you awaken to that yourself then you can start your journey on helping other people as a healer or depending on what race you are will depend on more or less what your goal is here on this planet. So some uh, wake up to that start seed thing right at the beginning of their life. Um, there are even things called walk-ins, Jen, where I've known a few people in my life that claimed to have undergone a walk-in. 
So What's, say you're one that? person to like 25 years old mm-hmm. and in one day your real sort of like self, your real real spirit awakens and you become a completely different person. Well, this is sort of like a, a new age sort of theology, which is walk-ins are when your old self disappears because your real self enters into your body at that moment. And a lot of people at this stage will change their names. A lot of people will start behaving entirely different than what their friends or their family know them as. Have you I mean, ever that could, met anybody that has done this? Yeah. And yeah. I've known people that have ended relationships because of that. It's like, oh, he just became a completely different person or she just became a completely different person overnight, you know? Like they had undergone a series of mystical visions or um, existential sort of like traumas mm-hmm. where it unlocked something inside of their brain uh, where they just became a completely different person. Wow. And we That'd could- be a trip. I know, right? It's like you wake that? up one day and you don't even know who your partner is. And of course there's some tragedy involved in that. But if the result is that you awaken to a much better person and that you're a loving person and you're not a psycho, then that's a good thing. Yeah, right. I guess so. Because that can that can be also considered like psychopathy. Like, oh, this person just yeah. decided to be a different person and, and wake up a psychopath. But no, the sort of guiding light is that you are a better person than you were before, and you have more of a this impulse to want to help other people and dedicate your life to say awakening. You know. Yeah. So those are called walk-ins, and a lot of people that channel like Bashar and different things like that, those can also be considered walk-ins. Like they allow these spirits to enter into their body or enter into their mm-hmm. field. And deliver these messages that a lot of people are familiar with. You know, I um, was talking to one of my healers and she was talking about alcohol and how anytime you drink alcohol and you lower your vibration, you open yourself up to spirits to kind of flow in and out of you. So if you see somebody who's really, really drunk and then they all of a sudden start crying for no reason or having these like crazy emotional swings, um, she said that that is the literally the spirits flowing in and out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's the same thing with like, um, a good example would be like transients, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's like you're seeing somebody walking down the street. If you've taken a walk in like the the deepest part of downtown LA and you see these people walking down the street talking to themselves, I mean, they're completely blown open probably due to, you know, a very, lots of different types of reasons, but, you know, illicit drug use can do that. Yeah, it totally can. Yeah. Like they'll, you see these people talking to themselves and they, they seem like coherent conversations about things that you, you're you not aware of, but you, you always wonder, like, there seems to be somebody that un- unseen on the other side. You no, wonder sure. what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And then I hear that in the fourth dimension, a lot of these spirits like to follow around people that are, you know, addicts and really, really addicted to that type of stuff for those very reasons. They for become reasons, almost like right? energy vampires, you know? Yeah. So we typically awaken to our alien DNA, if you awaken to that sort of starseed theology, through spiritual self-exploration, self-inquiry. You know, you become interested in things like, and we'll get down to the various different races, but just in a general perspective, um, we become more interested in metaphysics, Mm -hmm. physics, spirituality, we're hypersensitive, we're into the esoteric. So a lot of these existential things that come along with that inquiry of like trying to figure out where, who you are, why you're here where you came from. Yeah. And the one thing that I wanted to bring up before we get into the the real start seat stuff is once I started reading more about these books, I started kind of retroing back to uh, teachings like from the Bible. In the mm-hmm. Bible, there's actually this chapter that was taken out really early called the Book of Enoch. 
And it changed my relationship to what we would consider angels. We think mm-hmm. of angels, we look, we think of like that sort of Roman Catholic, sort of Greek mythology angels with wings. Mm-hmm. And I've actually watched several talks um, about this, including like ancient alien episodes and stuff like that, where it's like, well, you have to put yourself in the context of where these prophets were writing at the time. They didn't have the mm-hmm. same sort of vocabulary that we have in the English language. So they're trying to interpret these really sacred messages in a way that is that makes sense to them. So mm-hmm. when I think of, well, why not replace the word angels with aliens? And then you think of all of the divine inspiration that comes from different areas of the Bible. It makes sense. The, the aliens seem to be a little bit more within our reach than angels do because no one's ever really seen angels. I think aliens are, seems to be a little bit more tangible. I don't know. You know? I don't know. David Ditchfield saw some angels. Well, yeah, but you got to die in order <laughs> for that to happen, right? Yeah. Like we have UFO stories coming out right now and uh, people are seeing them on the tube. You know, it, it's one thing that's sort of at the forefront right now. But anyway, so there's this uh, book of Enoch, which talks about it was removed from the original canyon. And Enoch, just really quick, uh, was the great grandfather of Noah. So this was actually written around the time that Genesis was written. He was 365 years old when he passed away. And there are three interconnected passages referencing the Nephilim, the Nephilim being these sort of like uh, hybrids of aliens and, and humans. Um, so that's a good word. We need to add that to our list, Nephilim. The, the Nephilim. Yeah. So two of them, there's, there's two verses. There's one on Genesis 6, 1 through 4. There's one on Genesis 6, 4. And the reading says, the Nephilim were in the earth in those days. And after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, the same were the mighty men that were of old, the men of renown. And the Nephilim, according to the book of Enoch, were fallen angels. Okay. And they were offspring of angels and humans. Some oh, believe that fallen angels bred with women and resulted in giants called the Nephilim. So hmm. some believe that the sons of God were the result of fallen angels who overtook ungodly men to breed with women. So this speaks to this theory that perhaps maybe aliens created us and are now watching us in hopes that maybe we awaken and mature to be more like them. You know, it could have been the reptilians, you know, they could have been refer- referencing the reptilians. So it kind of speaks to this whole back then there were aliens that came from the sky, angels that came from the sky and started having intercourse with regular human beings and created this sort of hybrid race, which they weren't supposed to do. But because mm-hmm. they did it and they created these giants, these Nephilim, I imagine that they created this entire civilization. And I think the aliens had an obligation to watch over them. Yeah. And perhaps maybe that's our connection to them. Interesting. Yeah, cool stuff, right? Yeah, very cool. So what do we want to start with, Jen? we got a lot of different alien races to cover. Let's start with the most common. Let's go with the Pleiadians first. The Pleiadians. The Nordics. The Nordics, the record keepers of the Earth. So this is actually where the Akashic records are held. The the Pleiadians got them? Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. They would. They would, right? Yeah. Yep. So they're They're highly They're like, these these Akashic records are like both ours, but we'll just keep it at my house. (laughs) Totally, 100%. (laughs) 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 Yes. Yes. So yeah, so they're here to help the human race evolve. That is their primary purpose. And they exist in the fifth dimension and they are the birthplace of love and creativity. Yeah. So Pleiadian starseed is a soul whose origin is from the Pleiadian star system Mm -hmm. right next to Orion's belt. Yeah. So just like other starseed races, the Pleiadian starseeds are old as fuck, right? They've been around for a long time. They have, but aren't they one of the younger ones? Like compared to the other, 
I'm talking like compared to us 80 to 100 year old selves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, but but of the alien races, they're one of the younger ones. Oh yeah. Like dark trans are like way older than them for sure. Yeah. But I think that, 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 I think that's the reason why they have sort of like this lightness and, and, uh, this love to them. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're highly evolved souls. They have a very, very specific task, according to Barbara Masiniak's Bringers of the Dawn, and uh, something that people that are listening to this episode probably know more of, which is evolving, helping humanity evolve from 3 to 5D, also called the New Earth. They're mm-hmm. multidimensional beings. They exist in several different, different dimensions, and you, you know, through a process of uh, meditation, can reach out and speak to them. They're yeah. a part of the sort of Council of Light. And a lot of, a lot of Pleiadians are actually female. Um, which is interesting, and there's about 75 million Pleiadians on Earth at any time. And in, 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 in this too, because I've affiliated myself with uh, Pleiadians, and I thought about this too. Well, I have. This doesn't mean that you consider yourself a female. Like it, it doesn't. Oh, I'm not yeah, talking no, about it's just like feminine the, energy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a gender affiliation. This is right. a, a, a female type of energy. So if you're a guy that's more in touch with your feminine side, mm-hmm. there's a chance that you have that sort of, uh, you know, that DNA running through your system. There, they, People are like, well, what do they look like? And a lot of people have their own sort of versions um, <laughs> online that you can look look oh, yeah. at, right? A lot, of them, a lot of people online use the same images and uh, they look like Nordic aliens. Mm-hmm. And I guess apparently they look more Scandinavian. Totally, uh, yeah. Tend tall, to be really tall. Light skin, blonde, light eyes. Yeah. And high cheekbones, long, skinny, mm-hmm. and angelic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that this makes me think about is remember that Joe Rogan episode where Travis Walton was on mm-hmm. from The Fire in the Sky? I don't think I've listened to that one. Well, you, you know the story, right? The Fire in the Sky, that movie Fire in the Sky was like out yeah. in like the early 90s. And this is yeah. uh, where he was abducted by an alien spaceship in Arizona. Yep. I remember when he was on the table inside of the spaceship, he was talking about like he was so f- freaked out because he, these aliens were probably freaking him out. Remember when he reached for that thing and tried to swing at him? Yeah. And then the aliens left. And then he said another being walked up to him that looked, you know, blonde hair and blue eyes and, and white, but it wasn't a human being, mm-hmm. right? And I thought of that. Well, maybe those, maybe that's a Palladium. Yeah, I, I would, I would it, say so. It had all the attributes of being a Palladium. You know what I mean? Very cool. Yeah. So, so some of different other cool, attributes. Yeah. What's that? Characteristics, like so, yeah. if you think that you may identify with a Palladian starseed, um, some characteristics would be these people are true humanitarians. And they're very empathic and very family oriented and attracted to um, children and animals and may exhibit a a strong feminine energy as we talked about before, Um, but also perfectionist and people pleasers and oftentimes to their own detriment. So very polite, very soft spoken. And um, this, if you know a highly sensitive person, they can, they are also characteristically could be a Pleiadian. And that's one thing that's definitely important to bring up. Um, Mm -hmm. Their throat chakra is, is, has been said to be one of their weakest chakras because they have difficulty communicating their needs, suffering Mm -hmm. burnout, things like that. So you said people pleasers. Yeah. And um, the sort of dark sort of shadow side of this is that a lot of people that, uh, that kind of feel that they're Palladian starseeds tend to get themselves into quite the tizzy when it comes to toxic relationships, right? Because they, they're healers. They're like healers at their deepest core. Like they yep. love love. They're, they're powerful healers. They're honest. They're givers. And just like you said, it works to their detriment. They end up getting taken advantage of by people. This is totally your Pleiadian side. Like the last 10 characteristics we talked about. And um, these people also can suffer from anxiety and depression and self-esteem issues if they're Mm. not in alignment with who they truly are. So, and, and, and again, this isn't a, a gender sort of affiliation. So if it's female or even if they're white Scandinavians, doesn't necessarily mean that because you're white 
and you look Scandinavian that you're a Pleiadian. These are sort of spiritual uh, manifestations um, that people have seen of them in this realm. And it could be dependent on the person that they were trying to convince, just like you with your dream, mm-hmm. right? If that alien showed up at your door and he looked a certain way, the fact that he has the ability to change, to make you comfortable, mm-hmm. says a lot. It yeah. means that they have evolved and in such a way that they could you know, morph themselves into uh, any type of way that can make you comfortable. So maybe they're not just Nordic aliens. Maybe they're seen that way in order to not freak us out, you know? Perhaps. All right. So what do you have, want to go to next? Yeah, so they're they're oh. the Pleiadians. I wanted to mention this. Pleiadians apparently are at sort of the forefront of this sort of collective awakening that we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. There are uh, apparently more Pleiadians on Earth right now than there are any other races. Yeah, right. And they're communicating with people. Uh, the one thing that I want to stress is if you have some affiliation with uh, Pleiadians or Pleiades, it's actually there. There are ways that you could kind of draw their energy into your life. You can read, but you could also just seek them out through things like meditation or affirmations and things like that. Did you know that dolphins were said to come from the Pleiades? Yeah, dolphins and uh, whales. There was this documentary that I saw a while back. I forget what the name of the documentary was, but it was about midwives. So midwives are the people that kind of assist women Mm -hmm. with pregnancy, with birth. Mm -hmm. And there's this whole movement of people that instead of, you know, deciding to give birth to a child in a hospital... They want to give child at home in like a bathtub, mm-hmm. right? One section of the documentary was using dolphins as midwives. Interesting. And they really? would take these 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 uh, women to these aquariums, and they would essentially like deliver a child. And this dolphin would play the midwife. And there's something about the vibration of the dolphin's voice. There's something about the presence of the dolphin where the the child and the dolphin just synergize. Like the dolphin knows what's going on. Yeah. You know, and the baby knows that the dolphin is there. there. There seems to be this sort of change in behavior between the dolphin and the child. And so mm-hmm. they think that these there's some sort of metaphysical thing going on between the connection between the, this dolphin and this child. So you never know. There could really be that sort of Pleiadian energy. Yeah, and I wonder how much that costs. That's got to be a oh, fortune. Oh, yeah, to just have a dolphin as a midwife. But you yeah. know what, though? It's priceless because you're essentially raising Jesus. All right. Okay. You know what I mean? He said it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like you. Do you want to raise an accountant, or do you want to have the? You want to have the child of Jesus. I mean, just throw a dolphin in there. Yeah. You can't. You can't. You can't go wrong. Dolphins are always good times, and dolphins are like smarter than human beings, as far as oh, I. Oh yeah, dolphins are awesome. Yeah, and they like to get fucked up on uh, pufferfish. Do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> so they like to party too. Good. They do like to party. Just like Jesus likes to party. They like. There's to some party. good. There's some good YouTube videos on that. Yeah. And go down a rabbit hole of dolphins, uh, of all the animals getting fucked up, like uh, the uh, giraffes koalas. And, and koalas and, and other animals that can get a hold of marulas. Um, monkeys love them too, the marula fruit, and marula. they get super, super drunk on them. And really? elephants love marula too, and to see a big ass elephant stumbling around, <laughs> it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Oh my God. Did you know that, like, I didn't know this for a long time, but po- koalas are like just perpetually stoned all the time. Off of eucalyptus, my man, yeah, and they get they get cranky when they don't have the eucalyptus. You know that, like people see <laughs> yeah. them as like these really cuddly sort of like animals, and they are. They're like cute as fuck, yeah, right? So but cute. Yeah. when they don't have the eucalyptus, you got to watch out. Oh, whoa. they get crazy. Yeah, like they they go through some level of withdrawal. I don't know what it is, but That's isn't that interesting? How I like it. It just seems sort of natural for for life to explore these alternate sort of dimensions. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Let's like go over it. the Arcturians, Jen. Okay. 
What you got? All right. Um, Arcturians. So um, these people have super strong personalities and they're um, part of one of the most advanced civilizations in our known universe. So um, they're from the Boots constellation and yeah. So or some of that or some of that pronounce it booties constellation. Booties or booties constellation. Yeah, so, it sounds about uh, right. These are the these are the people that are like super logical thinkers into science and technology and architecture and you know that kind of thing. So if you know this personality type, they could possibly be Arcturian. Um, yeah. And as with any of the other star seeds, they're also interested in metaphysics and natural healers and all of that. But these guys are like super charismatic too. And I'm very passionate about their work, but also super logical, highly intelligent, motivated. Yeah. Uh, you'll you'll see these people at the top of the corporate ladder, maybe CEOs, things like that, that are way high up in business. If they're not, they're typically very gifted in the art of divination and tarot. Yeah, I like to think of these guys as like the, and, and I affiliate my other half, obviously, of my coin is, is Arcturians, right? Only because mm-hmm. people have told me. I've researched it. I'm like, okay, it makes sense. They're like the mad scientists almost. Yeah. Right. So just to give some more context, um, that constellation is about 35 million light years from the solar system that encompasses the planet Earth. So these guys are really Mm -hmm. far away. And in the book, We Are the Arcturians, apparently they ride around in a little starship called Athena. It's like, um, and it's funny, if you actually look in the book, We Are the Arcturians, there's like a little emblem, an emblem of Athena. It's pretty cool. Thought of getting it as a tattoo. And you know what's interesting That'd too? Cool. Is one of my girlfriends in high school was named Athena. Really? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's a yeah. that's a very, um, very cool name. And it's an interesting name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just not, not very often you hear somebody that, that is an ex, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, that was my ex, Athena. And you're like, wait, what? What? <laughs> Yeah, very Greek Greek mythology. I like it. Yeah, so Arcturus is known to be the brightest star in this constellation and where the, the, the Arcturians came from. Edgar Cayce actually had a, a lot to say about the Arcturians. Edgar Cayce is a sleeping prophet. He's probably one of the most well-known psychics in our field in the New Age. He's got like a over 90% success rate when it comes to giving psychic readings. He believed that the Arcturians were protectors and guardians of higher consciousness. They are the prototype of our future. They've gone through it. So they, from what I've read, are probably one of the oldest civilizations out of all of the alien races. So they have all of this knowledge and all this wisdom behind them. So these are people that are really into complex things. And mm-hmm. it's been said that their civilization had gone through the exact same thing that we've gone through several mm-hmm. times yeah. and have also helped several planets through the same sort of thing. So these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. They're naturally good at communicating and sharing ideas. And uh, they do that, a lot of that on this planet. And they're direct descendants of these um, Arcturian starseeds. Uh, they feel at home on planet Earth. Uh, they may not be conscious of their origins. Um, they are aware of a deeper meaning to their existence, and this is uh, reflected in their work. I'm talking about people that uh, that uh, identify as being starseeds, not actual full-fledged starseeds traveling through the cosmos right now. You're a starseed sort of human self. Got it. Right? Okay. They're interested in ancient civilizations. They enjoy scientific discussions, just like you, you said. They have strong opinions. They live to about, in their actual form, live to about 350 to 400 years. Oh, wow. So you imagine... I mean, no. we only live up to like 80 to 100 years. Imagine oh being gosh. around for 400 years. Oh, can you imagine saving for retirement for that long? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. They speak telepathically too. When you go online yeah. and you look up the pictures of Arcturians, there's only actually a couple. They're they're more or less, they look blue. They got big eyes. They look like really, really wise. Like they they just give you that look. They're just like, yeah, I know what's going on here. But they speak yeah. telepathically. So. If you want to speak to them or if you see them one of these days, chances are you'll have to develop those skills 
And one thing that I did notice about the Arcturians is that they have a really, really strong interest in life and death and are end up taking on positions in society as being sort of like mediators between life and death. So they probably are into hospice work. They're probably mm-hmm. people that work at healthcare organizations, um, like as nurses, mm-hmm. people that work in senior, senior citizen homes, yep. um, things like that. If you uh, are an Arcturian starseed, you may be good at astral projection. Apparently, they only sleep like three to four hours a day, Jen. Yikes. And... For the most part, when they do enter into the sleep realm, they're doing a lot of other work in these alternate dimensions, like fourth and fifth dimensions. So they're really good at astral projection. So if you're one of those people that likes to astral project or vivid dreams and things like that, like me, Mm -hmm. I've been doing that all my life, you might be an Arcturian. Very cool. They're really good with technology. They're really good with keeping up on Mm -hmm. all that sort of AI stuff. And I think if if anything, if AI is going to go in a really good direction, it's probably because the Arcturians are leading the way with that, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. So they're like the the wise wizards of old. So, what, what about we, we can kind of skip through the reptilian one too, right? Because no one's ever, no one's going to listen to this episode and be like, "Oh, you know what? You know, I think I'm a reptilian. I feel like I'm a reptilian, you yeah. guys. I'm a reptilian starseed. Let's get this shit going." <laughs> yeah, we could probably skip over that, but the two there's two that I think are super interesting: the Syrians and the um, Orions. So those are pick one. Which one should we go with next? Do you have the Lyrans on your list? I do have the Lyrans on my list. Okay, well, let's go with uh, the Orions. The Orions, okay. Um, so the little gray aliens are actually mm. from Orion. And oh, the grays? I, yeah, the grays. I did not know oh. that until so I started a... reading about them. Um, so oh. these guys are true knowledge seekers, and um, they're really into science. They love to learn regardless of the subject. They're just like big learners. So they, um, the Mentakans actually are um, also affiliated with the Orions. So the Mentakans are a starseed that originated from Mentaka, a planet that once existed in the Orion belt. So Mentakans are no more, but um, they were thought to be the original lightworkers and here solely to teach us the value of our own potential. When you say so, Mentakans are no more, like they just, they yeah, either transitioned into something else or they're just sort of like an instinct race. So um, it says it's believed that they don't exist anymore. And if they still do exist on Earth, they feel even more sick, homesick than any other starseed type because their planet was destroyed. So oh, um, I see. So there's not many Mintakans left, if any. Uh, so they're just so. Tra- they're just in these other dimensions. They're not really taking interest yeah. to Earth. So there's a chance that you probably won't have an affiliation with Mintakan unless you're one of those people that's like, you don't do it. Don't do it, Eric. Don't do it. <laughs> Exactly. Like you're just you're like you're you're just doing a drive by by Earth on your spaceship, and then you're just like you know what would it be like if I just you know just went on to Earth for a little bit? And they're like you better not do it. And it's Don't like that it. one little rebellious teen that has to incarnate on Earth in order to show everybody what's up. Yep. That's that one man talking out there right now. Yep. So back to the Greys. So the Greys are a sub race of Orions, and um, they are said to actually be stuck here, reincarnating on. Um, on earth life after life after life. So um, something happened. They did something to traumatize and hurt the humans, which galactically means they're stuck here karmically. So um, that might be why there are so many gray sightings. Yeah. So and I, I think that them probably has something to do with their, their, um, their, their participation in the whole ending of Atlantis and Lemuria too, because as, as far as things that I've read, they had some, something to do with that whole collapse, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. that's potentially might be the reason. And I think, you know, I think Bob Lazar, had a little encounter with the gray too, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, he may not have been thinking of grays in the way that we do, but he he definitely described them as grays. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And but it if seems you, like oh, I sorry, think that they've ahead. also like worked with the government too, right? Yeah, yeah, supposedly, yeah. yeah. Like, what else are we going to do? We're stuck here. Yeah, we're stuck here over and over. 
This is, yeah. this is what we're doing. Yeah. So, but if you are an Orion star seed, you are likely very compassionate and about things that you're super interested in. So high level of compassion, um, entrepreneurs. So uh, a lot of these entrepreneurs and these like major knowledge seekers um, mm-hmm. could be Orions. So this, when I was reading about them, I was thinking about Elon Musk. I don't know why, oh, yeah. but he's, he's the person that came to mind. Um, these guys love to learn. They're a jack of all trades. They have lots of knowledge on many different topics. When they incarnate on earth, they're usually Virgo, Taurus, or Capricorn. Ooh, so my, my, my uh, sister, my mom, and uh, my brother-in-law are both Tauruses. There you go. Maybe. Now let me tell you something about Tauruses. They're like, they're, they're very, very practical down to earth people. Mm-hmm. They're just about like living life really practical things like their like their idea of fun is like home improvement and buying a new chopping block for the mm-hmm. food that they cook and like watering their plants in the backyard on like a Saturday you like they're really into just earthy things yeah yeah okay and then Moving the on. other one well let's go to the lyrans jen oh the lyrans i the lyrans. am super interested in the lyrans i think that they are so cool so yeah you um, brought a lyran they- into your your family your little yeah. main coon is a lyran probably he is. He is. He looks like one. I mean, he looks, he's cool. We'll have to post a picture of him. He's cool looking. He's so, just a really um, big, really big ass gray Lyran cat. Yep. And he can talk. So there's that. Very creepy. I feel like all cats can talk. They're just too lazy too. <laughs> For sure. They're they like, communicate in talk, other ways too. They're like, I could talk, but I can't, it just, you know, just went on living my life. So Lyrans, we're talking about cats because apparently they're more cat-like and feline. Yeah. They come from the Vega. Vega star systems, and uh, they're some of the oldest souls in our galaxy. Their knowledge is said to have contributed to Atlantis and Lemuria. They helped mm-hmm. out, as well as the element of fire. They come from a number of planets that are linked with the Lyra star system. And uh, I guess some different traits that they have is that they're cat or bird-like creatures. They have, uh, if So if you're somebody that, and I've, I've actually read up about this, and there are people that, that identify with them, you, they tend to look more feline, right? People that yeah. have higher cheekbones. Mm-hmm have more like um, stronger sort of animal like cat-like features mm-hmm. and, yeah, uh, and, and not like Joan Rivers because she got a lot of plastic surgery to look that, that way but kind of if you met somebody that looked like that naturally then you know yes, this is a quick story Lauren. I remember going to the Conscious Life Expo oh, you know yeah. the Conscious Life Expo <laughs> yeah right oh it's great in, I uh, love Man- that thing Manhattan Beach and uh-huh. I like to go in because they have a lot of really good speakers there so like Matt Con and different other people but they have a lot of cool vendors though but the one thing that I did notice about the the Conscious Life Expo, and I was with a friend named Libby at the time. I was asking her, like, I was like, well, why do all the, why are there so many people here with plastic surgery, right? There were so many women and men Mm -hmm. with plastic surgery. And we had started having this ongoing conversation about, like, well, maybe they're aliens that are trying to look human. Or maybe they're humans that are trying not to look old. Or they're humans trying to look alien. Or that. Right? (laughs) I thought to myself, like, man, if I were an an alien and wanted to blend in, what would I do? Maybe get some plastic surgery. Something about going to that Conscious Life Expo that just, there were just a lot of people that, nothing against them, but I just, as an observation, I was like, man, there's a lot of plastic surgery here. You know, I didn't notice that, but it's been many years since I've been to one, Uh, but it was, I had a great time when I went to one. Yeah, it's good times. Okay, so some more qualities of Iron, at least from what I read, was sexual charisma and very cat-like. Yes. They're really, really, really um, big on exploring their sexuality. They're very sensual. They're adventurous. They're not afraid of the unknown. They come across sometimes as serious. They, they. Um, one thing that I, I did notice, they tend to be the more promiscuous types. Yes. Right. The ones that are more flamboyant. The ones that'll probably wear a cocktail dress and like you'll find on a yacht somewhere. 
someone that maybe uses their looks in order to climb the corporate ladder, you know, somebody that is maybe a little bit more in touch with that sort of sexual sort of scorpionic side of themselves, you know? Totally. Yeah. The Leos and Scorpions of the, of the bunch, they're the life of the party. They have goals, but they get distracted really easily. They like to travel and they like good food and um, good drinks and sex and all the indulgent luxury life things. Yeah. And that's one important thing to note too, is that just because you're an alien, just because you affiliate with some sort of alien race and you're a starseed doesn't mean that you're not going to fall asleep or it doesn't mean that you're not going to, you know, indulge yourself in some of these 3D things. I don't think the point coming here is to just completely dedicate yourself to just awakening, which um, of course that's the biggest objective, but there are various Mm -hmm. different ways that you can do that. You can still have a good time at the same time. It just means, you know, to not overindulge to the extent to the extent that you hurt yourself, yeah, you know, to the extent mm-hmm. that you forget who you are and you forget what it is that you came to do, you know. So you don't. You can. I imagine Lyrans fall into maybe they become more. They they sometimes that they fall asleep become a little bit too narcissistic or maybe they like to party a little bit too much too or maybe much, they break yeah. too many yeah. hearts. You know, like that's their their struggle that they have to work through in this incarnation. Yeah, absolutely. And for those that are drawn to travel to Egypt, they are typically Lyrans because that's the closest connection they have to home. So whenever you think of ancient Egypt, think that's probably what it's like to be a Lyran. And that makes sense because Mm -hmm. if you go to Egypt, you have all these different monuments that look like animals, right? A lot of them look like cats. Like cats. And most people like to party. You know, you look at the hieroglyphs, they're all partying, drinking, having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. They all like to party. Yeah, like the, you can see, you can find cat monuments in the front of like their their buildings because they believe that cats were protectors, you know, mm-hmm. that they were able to ward off evil spirits. Yeah. And Hathors, Hathors were, I guess, the mages, almost like the, the most devout healers of the Egyptian race. Like Hathors were these sort of like animal-like figures. Mm-hmm. And they always sort of had like a Lyran type of vibe to me. Yeah. So I... And uh, apparently Lyran, Lyria was destroyed by the war with the reptilians. Yeah, that's so sad. That's the really reptilians sad. just, they just, they come in and just they just fucking everything, everything up. up, you know? I know, yeah. You know, since we're talking about the Lyrans, I think that's a good segue for the Syrians because they look very, very similar. So Syrians also have that Lyran look, those like feline type features. Uh-huh. And um, these people come from the planet Sirius A and B. Uh, Sirius B is actually the brightest star in Earth's sky. And also Sirius? known as... Yeah. Siri, are you serious? You like that? You like it? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah. But are and, they, I imagine they're kind of like a serious type of race too, right? No, <laughs> actually, no. These guys, um, well, let's talk about Sirius B first because I wanted to touch on that because I thought this was super cool. Sirius B is a, is the water planet. So this is supposedly where mermaids and um, dolphins and whales like originated. And Sirius oh, okay. is really close to the Pleiades as far as like star systems are concerned. So they have like kind of similar qualities with the with the water animals, which I thought was cool. But these guys are um, 60 frequencies, so they're non-physical. Let's see. They are the peacekeepers and the guardians of the world. So their aim is to help us with our evolution and guide us through times of turbulence, um, which is right now. Where you at? Where you at, brother? <laughs> Come yeah, help. things get really serious, the Syrians show up. <laughs> they show up. So these people actually, like, I, I feel very drawn to to these people. This is totally me. Um, yeah. Open-minded, but really struggle to express personal feelings. So um, oh, they're okay. 
loyal friends and um, have a tight-knit group of people that they hang out with all the time. Um, they're really drawn to lost civilizations and um, myths and legends and that kind of thing. Um, and they're fun people to be around, but also um, a little bit unemotional. If you were attracted to that type of person or you feel like you identify with this person, maybe you are Syrian. So, and as far were... as what they look like, they look like cats, but um, also have a love for dogs and wolves. How about that shit? Yeah, I feel like you're talking about yourself right now, Jen. I know, right? That's what I, I was like, ah, oh, these people sound so, just like me. Yeah, and I think that the Aquarians just in general probably have an affinity with uh, Sirius as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's a, you know, that's a good question. I'm not sure what star sign was, um, was affiliated with them. I didn't put that in my notes, but, um, uh, also fascinations with mermaids, which I think is every little girl though. I mean, mermaids are pretty fucking cool. Yeah. That's until you get older and realize exactly what Grim was talking about. <laughs> they were like considered the sirens, at least from literature that I've read, like mm -hmm. the, the mermaids. I imagine, of course, there's... They're a part, a really big part of the goddess movement, and there are probably really amazing mermaids out there, but they've been set in history to be like the sirens. They, like, lure you in, and then they drag you to the bottom of the ocean and suffocate your ass. Yeah, that's a woman for you. But they'd, you know, though they did that to the pirates, and those guys were kind of scumbags anyways, right? Yeah, So it's like maybe they were, they were doing God's work. Agreed. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. And Ariel so, was hot, too, so. She was hot. Ooh, yeah, and you know I love a ginger, so. Oh, Yeah. That's, yeah. that's my jam. So I would I, love that. I would love to just like wake up one day and like look and like see her combing her hair with a fork in the mirror. Oh, <laughs> hilarious. Like, all right, Ariel, it's time to go. So I thought this was cool about Syrians too, that they enjoy tattoos, piercings, and expressing themselves artistically through clothing and accessories. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. It probably makes and, up a lot of the influencers on IG right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right? yes. Yeah. All the They're hair like videos shop. and- yeah. Tattoos. Yeah, all um, those little videos and tattoos. Yeah, that they're the ones. They're probably me. like TikTokers. They're big TikTokers. Yeah, big TikTokers. Yeah, there you go. But these people are also um, pretty even killed and hard to make angry, um, and that mm -hmm. comes back from them like not being good at expressing their emotions. So, yeah. But I like these guys. They seem they seem cool. And oh oh, interesting fact about about that because this is coming up, the Lionsgate portal. So every August. If you want to connect with a Syrian, um, you can connect to that high vibe energy um, during the Lionsgate portal. Oh my God. I feel like we just had the Lionsgate portal. I know. We did we're an episode again. on the Lionsgate portal. I know. August. We're going to have to revisit the mm -hmm. Lionsgate portal and talk all about this because that was kind of a big deal when we looked at it the last time. Yeah. And this is cool too. So the ancient Egyptians, when they built their pyramids, they built it to align with the Sirius constellation. So, so they pay like, pay respect to the Egyptian goddess of magic and motherhood yeah. and fertility. So Those pyramids are crazy how Pretty exact cool. they are with the sky. Yeah, how they line up with the, with you the know? constellations. It's insane. Yeah, and they know exactly what they were doing. How the fuck did they know that? I mean, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, I mean, the word on the streets is that they use sound in order to lift those big ass rocks onto those pyramids. Really? Like, there's just high frequency. I don't know exactly how they do it, but, you know, that's the interesting thing about when sick. you think of Egyptian. You're like, yeah, this is sort of like primitive race. It's like, no, no, no. dude. No. They had spaceships were moving shit with sound. Like, they knew what was up. Yeah, they had it figured out. Yeah. Do you have anything on the Andromedans? Um, I do. I have a little bit on the Andromedans. There wasn't, like, a ton of information on them, but... Um, yeah, likewise. I didn't really cool. I didn't really pull up a whole lot of... I don't even know a whole lot of people that are just straight up, like, yeah, I'm an Andromedan starseed. So, this is crazy, but my uh, one of my best friends from Texas, her sister named her daughter Andromeda. Really? I've never... Yeah, I've never heard of anybody with that, with that name. And I was like, Andromeda, like, the constellation? And she was like, yeah. 
I was like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. So these are actually our galactic neighbors. They're only two and a half million light years away. Oh, so really? they're the closest to us. Yeah. I like to almost see them almost like um, like millennials in the way. At least from totally. what I've read online is that yeah. they love their freedom. They love traveling. They're more than likely to live off grid. Uh, they're entrepreneurs, of course, but entrepreneurs in the sense that like they don't want to conform to the sort of systems version of success. They want to have their own business. They're, they're likely mm-hmm. to have like little boutique shops or like sell crystals and things like that. And apparently there's less than one million on earth right now. Yeah, there's not that many. And they're like very childlike. So no. um, they're they're referred to as like the children of the earth. So yeah. if you if you meet one of these guys, they're likely going to be a little innocent and um, kind of childlike, but not childish, if that makes sense. Yeah. So childlike, a little fun and kind of sprightly, but not, yeah. not dumb. They're more than likely yeah. have like a really, really large archive of like funny dad jokes. Totally, yeah. And most of them are introverts, so because they can they um, communicate telepathically. So, yeah. um, they're if they're on Earth, they're typically introverted, and yeah. uh, they like to just kind of sit. But they remind me of you in a way where they just like to observe. So they'll sit back and watch other people, and yeah. um, and then when they start to warm up, then they'll have a conversation. But they want to deep dive. Oh yeah, yeah. You want to know what you're dealing with? You know what I mean. Yeah. And, and I, I identify with like that fun side. I know what you're talking about. It's not like an immature sort of like childlike acting like an idiot kind of way. It's just sort yeah. of like you, you approach life from a very innocent sort of uh, innocent way. You like to have fun. You like, mm-hmm. you know, you like being a good person. You like being kind and you believe in magic, you know? Yeah. I think that's like the one major thing when it comes to people that have that sort of childlike energy is they never stopped believing in magic. They never stopped believing that the world was a magical and beautiful place. And nobody took that away from them. And so they go around for acting and knowing that like the world is, there's so much more going on than we think. But with somebody will look at some, some scenescape in, in the distance, like somebody maybe like in a drama and will just see just God and all these different sort of kaleidoscopic sort of like multidimensional ways. It's just, there's always mad. There's always some sort of like ma- magical underpinning behind everything that they see. I, I want to see life as beautiful. Yeah. And you know, so if you are happen to be on Earth and you think you might be an Andromedan, you would more than likely be drawn to uh, being a tarot card reader, a Reiki a healer, a writer, a counselor, a musician, an artist, a teacher. So any of those teaching kind of healing arts and music. Yeah, so yeah. these guys, um, yeah. Oh, and this is cool. Uh, I think I mentioned this before that they they communicate telepathically, but. Um, they open up new energetic pathways between the galaxies. So oh, these wow. guys have a pretty powerful way of uh, of uh, telepathic communication. That's the interesting interesting thing about a lot of these alien civilizations. A lot of them speak telepathically, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems yeah. kind of like that's the direction in which we go. And uh, I remember listening to the, the Joe Rogan podcast a while back. Um, he was talking to this like evolutionary sort of biologist, and he was talking about like you know. You never notice why aliens have such small mouths. Yeah. And because they speak telepathically, small mouths, big heads, right? So the intelligence is (laughs) there. They probably have, you know, just years and years of wisdom, but their mouths are so small because they speak telepathically. And from an evolutionary standpoint, what happens when you don't use your mouth? You lose it. You lose it. Right? It starts to just become really, really small. And I feel like that's that's sort of the direction that we're starting to get to, which is the the direction that it in hopes that we get to. I mean, it could be, it could come with Elon Musk's neural net sort of thing that he has going on. The fact that they all have this sort of like common thread amongst these alien civilizations that they speak telepathically just shows how limited language is. It's so confusing. You have there, there, and there. Which one am I talking about? (laughs) Two, two, and two. Yeah, we're, we're, and we're. 
Yeah. The aliens are like, what are, you, what are these what? guys doing? Like, yeah. It's the same fucking word. What do you mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wanted to take a minute. You know, I, I didn't want to talk about them, Jen, but I'm just going to fly by the seat of my pants with this one. Let's talk about the reptilians. And oh, this is going to be I an knew, easy one. I knew you couldn't pass it up. This is going to be couldn't. an easy one. You know why? Because I don't even need notes for this. Okay. Yeah. If you guys, anybody out there that identifies as a reptilian, um, you may have these traits. You're a punk ass. You suck. <laughs> You're a punk ass, number one. Yeah, yeah punk ass number one. And then you suck most of the time in, in various levels of suckage, right? You're savage <laughs> in all the wrong ways. Yeah, you're one of those people that ends up eating the other person's fries while they're not looking. Yeah. Like that's definitely a reptilian type of quality. Yeah, it you know, is. Like you cheat on your girlfriend, um, you know, you steal things from Macy's. What are some other, other qualities that a churches. reptilian would have? Yeah. Um, you know, if you run into a reptilian, it's hard for you to understand that people could be that cruel and mean and malicious. So if yeah. you run across a person like that, more than likely the reptilian, you're like, really? How could you be yeah. that way? Yeah. Yeah. How can you suck this much? That much. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody that affiliates with, if you're somebody that affiliates with the reptilian, I'd say to check yourself because it's not if a good thing. Yourself. There's got to be, I mean, there's got to be some reptilians out there. If, they, if these civilization has been around for so long, they couldn't just exist for the sole purpose of just oppressing people. Like right. where did they somehow lose their direction? Like it almost know. seems like they are hardwired to suck forever. Yeah. You know, that's a great question. And why, why haven't, like, why haven't they evolved? Why haven't they seen like, man, we've been like, we've been really messing some shit up. Like, like at some point you have to reflect and be like, well, why do the Andromedans not like us? Why do the, you know, the Arcturians not like us? Why, why do we, the Palladians not like us? They're just like going around not knowing any of this. Anyways, I didn't want to spend too much time on that, but if you want to know if you're um, a reptilian, um, you probably suck. Yeah. I mean, if you're interested into like, you know, manipulation and um, uh, manipulating societies and cultures and uh, impeding technological development and just all around starting shit, you're likely a reptilian. So Yeah. Thanks. Exactly. And depleting yeah. the planet's resources. That's another great trait yeah. of them. Rep- reptilian all the way. Basically yeah. somebody that just is reptilian brained, right? Like they're just, mm-hmm. in, they, they, they move by instinct. They, they move by instinct, very superficial, very materialistic. They don't really have much heart powering their spaceship. They're just looking to get a one-up over other people. So yeah, FYI. All know. right. Now Do we want to go on the other ones? Cause I wanted to go over some disclaimers. Okay. I want to go, before. I think over one and only because I'd never heard of these people before. So I'm just going to okay. like brush over it. The Hadarian star seeds. Have you heard of How them? How do you say it? Hadarian, H-A-D-A-R-I-A-N, Hadarian. Wow. I don't even know. I've been if around for a while, right. but I've never heard of that one, Jen. Yeah, I haven't either. So these guys are from um, Beta Centauri, and they are all about unconditional love here on Earth and to spread more of it. So the, their story is they were invaded by a tyrannical race of beings, and they had to leave their planet or be enslaved. So they are just lovers. So the modern, they are the alien hippie. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, okay, so they may, uh, they may come across as hippies and preaching about love. These are people that want nothing more in life than develop to develop strong relationships and love and friendships and just want to be there and help you and help others. And, Mm -hmm. um, they only feel happy and fulfilled whenever they're in a relationship. And then oh, of so course they're maybe highly, there were, yeah. maybe there were a lot more of them during the sixties. I can imagine like someone like Timothy Leary being one of these people. Totally. Yeah. So Timothy Leary, Terrence McKenna. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Cause their goals are not aligned with money or financial success. It's all about love. 
and helping others. And of course that makes them highly uh, empathetic. You're not going to find these people in a corporate job. They're going to be philanthropists, humanitarians, um, part uh, counselors, things like that. Did you need any notes about what they look like? No, I don't have any notes about what they look like. I wish I did. Uh, well, that's okay. Yeah. Those, those characteristics are there. What, what, how do you say the name again? Hadarian? The Hadarians. Hadarians, yeah. I'm going to Google the it real Hadarians. quick and see if there's any um, any information on what they look like. Yeah, um, yeah. So one thing to, to point out is we've gone through a large, large stretch of these ones. And if you've identified with at least one of these things... I wanted to take it back to um, something that I remember reading from Barbara Marciniak's Bringers of the Dawn, which is, it is probably, without, I'm sorry, that we are celebrated, we are celebrated across the entire cosmos for deciding to incarnate on to Earth, because it is widely known throughout the cosmos that the Earth, that Earth is one of the hardest places to move, one of the hardest places to live, because they acknowledge that it's so limited here. Mm-hmm. And limited in in the senses, limited in what we can understand, the knowledge that we can take in. But there's definitely some opportunity for growth there because when we meet with a lot of resilience, growth becomes the catalyst, right? Mm -hmm. Because in these other alternate dimensions, they've already evolved to a certain point where perhaps they may be in more of these utopian, blissful type of societies, but you haven't seen anything really much like Earth because Earth is difficult. So when you can place yourselves into the curriculum of Earth, and go through as much adversity as you would go through on Earth, I think that contributes to a lot of growth. So, Barbara Marciniak says that we are celebrated across the entire cosmos for having enough courage to incarnate into Earth. So if you find yourself identifying with a starseed thing, or even just a human being, just know that you probably uh, made the intention to come here for a reason, and chances are you have a really, really, really strong, really prominent mission here, not even just to awaken humanity, but to also help yourself evolve. It's not an mm-hmm. easy thing to move through this three dimension. So just know that uh, we, as far as what Barbara Siniak says, we are supported and we, we're pretty much the gangsters of the cosmos. Amen. This shit you know? ain't easy. It ain't yeah. easy being cheesy. It ain't easy being cheesy. So I wanted to go over do you want to go over anything else about the aliens? Because I'm going to go into this one real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just found out what Hadarians look like. So they're actually said to be very human looking. And uh, if you run across one of them, they will likely have mismatched color eyes. And So David uh, Doey is probably one. Per, oh, for sure. Yeah. And, um, and they also don't have a lot of hair, which is I interesting. See. And kind of like a lighter skin color and a little bit more elongated head. A lot of Siberian huskies because it got different colored eyes. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted that. Imagine how cool it would be to have two different colored eyes. So then. cool. Oh my right? gosh, that'd be the coolest. It's like not even your fault. It's like, hey, I'm just born this way. Just yeah. And I would want them like drastically different, like a blue one and a yeah. dark brown one, not like yeah. green and blue. Yeah. No. It's like you automatically, it's just automatically cool. I love that. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to go over uh, with this whole starseed stuff is just some disclaimers, some things, and I want to bring this in because this is my other side of the, the skills of my Libra. I'm also a very, very practical person, also a very mm-hmm. skeptical person, and I'm also somebody that likes to keep two feet on the ground at all times. And I think you're that way too, Jen. Oh, yeah. Right? Because I get really, really deep into the woo, but when I think of my goal as a healer, as a sound healer, as, as you know, somebody that speaks on this podcast, the objective that we have is we want not only to try and reach out to the people within our community, but to reach out to people that are interested in these sort of like new age Eastern practices, right? And the best way Mm -hmm. to do that is by finding yourself somewhere in the middle between eternity and 3D. 
somewhere yeah. between 5D and 3D. You have to be right. relatable to your human constituents, right? Right, right. So I'm going to just go over some disclaimers. It's just some things that I've noticed. You can kind of add anything else that you see will be applied here, Jen. But it's important to not develop a messiah complex in thinking that aliens that aliens left you solely responsible for the evolution of the planet. So this yeah. is one thing that I see sometimes, right? You see this dialogue that happens throughout the internet, which is aliens speak to you, you're getting some sort of channeled message, and automatically right away you think that these aliens or God or whatever has assigned you with the impossible task of changing the world all entirely on your own. Mm-hmm. That you've been assigned a task that nobody else has been assigned. Right. And the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Right. And maybe in some cases you have been assigned a very specific task. But the one thing that I think the ego tends to do, because we have to remember that we're still in this sort of 3D body, is the ego starts to kind of take that and run with it. Mm-hmm. Right. The Messiah complex comes, comes into the field, which is like, you know, you're going around telling other people how they should be living their lives. Right. You're telling people that unless they ascribe to whatever it is that you believe that you're asleep, that you're a sheep. There's those people that call those people on the internet for being sheep. It's like, oh, you're a part of the 3D matrix, stuff like that. Have you Rather than noticed? trying to raise the raise the vibration and raise the frequency of the planet, they're just talking shit on you for not being yeah, as exactly. smart as them or right. as informed as them. Yeah, because yeah. right away, if you come up with anybody, if you come to anybody and be like, hey, you know, I've been assigned with this task and you take on that position, nobody likes to feel inferior. No. Right. Yeah. So do what is within your power to do, but never impose. Just be what you, you know, if you identify yourself as a starseed, all it really means is that you have the experience of, you know, your past behind you. And perhaps mm-hmm. you have a little bit more wisdom to share. And it doesn't mean to try and see that as a one up over other people. You're just using it as an opportunity to spread more love and light. And mm-hmm. you honestly, it doesn't matter if you're an alien. If you understand mm-hmm. what love and light is, you don't even have to tell them that you're an alien, starseed. Right. Right. So be really, really, really careful not to develop that sort of messiah complex. I agree. I agree. That's definitely one of my hot buttons. I can't stand that. Yeah. There's so it's much like, of that going on on the internet right now. Well, yeah. Because for the past those, year, really. One of those things that I often hear, Jen, is people, and I've seen straight up like YouTube um, videos with this as the caption, which is like, you know, I don't feel understood as an alien starseed. Like I don't connect with the world. Like all I find myself doing is missing home. And wanting to return, and I'm thinking to myself, like, is, is that really the point, right? They're, they're, they're feeling misunderstood and not happy. And I'm thinking, okay, why is this? If you're going around trying to convince people that you're an alien starseed, well, of course that's going to happen. Like, we have to remember what, what sort of field that you're playing in right now. If I went onto the street and tried to convince my, some, somebody that I, I'm an alien hybrid of Arcturians and, and, and Pleiadians, they're not going to, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? If I try and tell my mom, like, mom, you're not, you're not my, really my mother. I'm actually a part of the Pleiades. They're like, yeah. I don't know. I specifically remember having you at the Los Angeles hospital um, <laughs> on October 13th, 1984. Yeah. You know, yeah. is the point to reinforce or have somebody believe that you're an alien? Or is the point to use the wisdom that you've accumulated over hundreds and thousands of years of being an alien in other lives? Is the point to use the wisdom that you have from that? in order to help awaken society. Because when we say people yeah. are waking up, because you hear that a lot, right? When people mm-hmm. are waking up, who are you talking about? Are you talking about people within your community? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the people that I noticed that um, have the whole starseed sort of conversation, the people that are validating them are other starseeds, yeah. right? There exactly. are other people that are like, yes, you're a starseed, absolutely. But if the goal is to awaken humanity, there's seven, eight billion people in the world that don't ascribe, not all of them ascribe to the starseed thing. Yeah. Right. So when you say people are waking up, you got to speak their language. The whole goal of this work 
is to awaken through love. That's it. To awaken through doing what is within your control to do, which is tapping into the wisdom that you have and spreading love. It's not to just try and convince people that you're a star seed because it's not going to get you very far. Don't go and alienate yourself. <laughs> See what I did yeah, there? You like that? <laughs> oh, I love that. Because everything after that point is virtue signaling, right? It's like somehow you want people to, to yeah. see you differently mm-hmm. because you're an alien star seed. It's like, oh, you see Eric, he's a, he's a Pleiadian alien. It's like, it's like does that really win points with people? I guess. I mean, I don't know. You know? To people who care, most people don't really care. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not crapping on um, the whole star seed thing. I think it's really important because I, I, I have an affinity to Arcturian, Arcturus and, mm-hmm. and the Pleiadians. Right, but I know that if I go out the door and I start to talking to other people, trying to convince them of my alien civilization, they're not going to get it. And that's not the point. No, the point yeah, isn't to push people away. The point is to be a good person, right? So those yeah. people that feel like they're disconnected or they feel like they're unhappy, they miss their planet. Well, you're automatically reaching outside of what your initial goal was yeah. to do. Your whole goal is not to want to return home or miss home or somehow ostracize yourself from the humanity that you're trying to awaken. You gotta participate. Right, yeah. so you can keep that remembrance and hold that what that that remembrance and that wisdom inside of you. Like, okay, well, I'm in a Andromeda. My job here is to not miss my planet, but to try and cultivate more love here because that's what happens on my planet. It's important not to, and also not to use this as a form of escapism. That's yeah, the one that's thing that one. I see too. You know, mm-hmm. people are fed up with their human affiliations. If you're an American, especially in the West, it's like, man, these governments, these corporations, these are oppressing everybody. It sucks to be human right now. So what am I going to do? I'm just going to create another sort of alter ego, call myself a starseed alien and just change my name. I mean, if you want to do those things, that's fine. But I want to make sure that people aren't subscribing to the whole starseed thing as a way to run away from the person that you've been for like the last 30 years. Right. You know, um, from the reality as we know it as the human being that you are on this planet. Yeah. You can't hide from that. And, and there are if people you try, that, you're going to end up reincarnating and coming right back here. So Yeah, coming right back here. And then you're going to have some, some one of your other pals are going to have to incarnate and get your ass out. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's natural for a human being to want to feel unique and special. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Right. But you don't want to use that thing as a form of like uh, virtue signaling or as a way to try and get special treatment from other people. Yeah, I agree. Like it, it, it you have to also acknowledge the fact that, I mean, that the earth is a beautiful place. The miracle of life is just being alive and being human. So the whole point isn't to just completely leave your humanness and try and embody your sort of starseed self. The whole point is to use your humanness and your sort of starseed lineage in order to help awaken humanity. Beautifully said, articles. friend. I read some articles recently, Jen, about like this whole war that's happening on TikTok between, you know, the, the, there's this woman called Unicult online. What is that? And, and she oh, essentially she has a cult. She oh. has a cult where she of charges what? people an application fee of $11 in order to submit an application to join her Starseed cult. Shut up. Are you serious? Yeah. And she, she identifies herself as a Starseed and she gets this whole community of people to buy into this whole thing. Oh, my and gosh. It's, it, be to be honest, me. at least from my perspective, it's a total scam, right? Yeah. Because this is all sort of influencer bullshit, Yeah. right? Like this is somebody that openly talks about like, oh, you'll know you're a starseed if you can identify with the world in which you live, if you feel like an outsider, if you feel bored with humanity, just complete polarity, sort of divisive sort of talk. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, and, they and have this goal. Major general humanity. generalizations. Yes. Kind of like when you go to the the psychic that has... The big sign, neon sign that says psychic, $5 palm reading. And then yeah. they go in and they're like, 
they look and they look down at your hand and they see that you're not married. They're like, mm, you're single. Oh, you're single. Like, yes. ooh, oh, she's good. She's so good. <laughs> it's like she knows. <laughs> Man. And, and I don't want to turn this into a negative thing, but these are things you have to really pay attention to. Like you, you have to use, you have to be practical, mm -hmm. you know, practical is like use love as your guidepost. We have to respect that everybody's on their own unique path. Right. And just because we have the goal to awaken, we have to respect the fact that people have their own perspectives and they have their own sort of human design to follow with source. Right. Cause at the end of the day, mm -hmm. like there's aliens, there's humans, and then there's this big fucking force in the cosmos called source that mm -hmm. is moving all these little chess pieces around. They all have a very unique sort of job. And it may not be or be affiliated so much with whatever your objective is. So yeah. you have to respect that everybody's on their own journey. If you find yourself signing on to the whole starseed thing, don't go around telling people that they're sheep. Don't go around telling people that they're they're asleep. You know, don't make people feel bad or make like try and make people fear inferior just because you feel like you've touched on something very sacred. Just be loving to them. That's all. Yeah, there's no situation where it's okay to make somebody feel bad about who they are. There's not. Not one situation where that's okay. So don't do it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we have no proof. There's no visible mm -hmm. evidence. Yeah. No noticeable traits unless you're, what is it, like an RH negative blood type? Jen's an RH negative blood type. I am, yeah. You can read up a whole about a little bunch of books about that. RH negative, it's very, very rare. And you even have like this, what, this this uh, little tribe in like what, Sweden or Scandinavia of just all RH negative people? Yeah, which is totally, totally bizarre. But yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. have to talk about that because there's a really good Ancient Aliens episode on the History Channel about that. So what is the RH negative thing? Like um, you can give blood to everybody, but you can't get transfusions. Um, right? I can, I can get a transfusion, but only from my blood type. So only from O negative blood. I can't have anyone else's blood, but everyone can have mine. And that's know? so interesting. And there was mm -hmm. like a lot of research done. Like people legit think it's alien DNA, alien oh, yeah. blood, because it's so different mm -hmm. from all the other blood types. Yeah. Yeah. I sure haven't is. checked mine. I'll have to check mine one of these days. Oh, you just go donate blood and then they'll tell you. That's how I found out what I was. Oh my god! Because I was donating Jen. blood all the time. And, oh. um, and then they sent, they you know, give you cookies and, you oh, know, give cookies? you a little paper. Oh yeah. You get cookies and juice. Oh man. You know yeah. what? I, I, I almost pass out when someone just takes my, my blood panel. Oh dude. I mean? And the like little... needle is massive because they want, oh. they don't want to break the red blood cells because they're actually pretty big. So, yeah. um, they put a gigantic, gigantic needle. And so mm -hmm. if you are squeamish, that's not the place. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. But people them. pass out actually... all the time. It's pretty common. I can actually feel the life leaving my body when someone takes my blood. Oh no, you feel it because they take so much that you um, you have to stay there like 15, 20 minutes after you donate yeah. and then they yeah. give you your cookies and your sugar to help like raise your blood sugar because it does make you feel like kind of faint, especially oh, if you're like... on the border. Like if you don't have a lot of iron in your diet um, and you have low iron, they won't even take your blood. Uh, so they like, do enjoy like the cookies. Mm -hmm. They'll test enjoy it. Enjoy the cookies. See you later. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I've been turned away. Because I was really? donating, yeah, I used to donate a lot whenever I worked in the hospital and what a fucking scam and smart. So they put the blood donation like critical low level sign right at the employee parking garage. So you couldn't walk out of the garage to go to your car without seeing this sign. So of course, O negative was always critically low. So um, I'm like, all right, I'll go donate. It's critically low. I'm O negative. I'll do it. So yeah. the benefit of that is we actually got PTO. Every time we donated, we got a half day PTO. 
Um, PTO is paid time off for those that aren't familiar with the acronym. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so got a little time off, got some cookies, got some juice. So, um, I donate like, they don't let you donate very often. I donate like every three months. All the things an Andromedan would love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are all the starseed things. That's it. To end that with, you know, don't get, don't get too lost in your, where you're from. Just use, you know, use where you're from as a good guidepost, right? That's right. Arcturian's very wise. Don't go around trying to sell people into thinking that you're Arcturian. I mean, you can do that, but you know, if you want to talk to the big cheese at work and help him awaken, I don't know that you're going to score a whole lot of points by trying to tell him yeah. you're Arcturian. Maybe don't something start about there. that. Yeah, yeah don't start, start low there. level. Yeah. yeah, start low level and then climb your way up. Hopefully, yeah. we'll get to a point where we can just start saying, "Hey, this is this is my star family." We'll get to that point hopefully in the future. Yeah. But until then, you know, you don't want people at your job to think you're crazy. Yeah, meditation. I'm coming. I'm coming from someone that is probably. I'm coming from someone that's tried to do this, Jen. I'm speaking from experience. (laughs) I can see you doing that. I'm speaking from experience. So yeah. So don't get lost in the sauce. Just practice love. Use your lineage as a guidepost on, you know, your history of love. So yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in to Vino Weeds Podcast. At this point, you're probably familiar with who you are as an alien take that do good things with it do good things and report back let us know if you catch any reptilians eating anybody else's fries <laughs> and we'll all get to we'll all get through this together if you have any questions you can contact us at uh, divine nobody's podcast at gmail.com if you go into the detail section of this episode you could um, click on the youtube link that'll take you to our videos if you want to see us mm-hmm. and you could also catch us on instagram uh, where we post our clips and just some other content I believe that's it, right? Don't forget to like and subscribe. Yeah, don't forget to like, subscribe, do all the things. Namaste, friends. Namaste.